morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy, the chart analysis expert, and NFT Tones is running fashionably late, but we're getting used to that on these Friday mornings. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple is added to a short list in creating a solution for global CBDCs. Is this another example of why XRP has always been the chosen crypto? Flare Networks is launching and ready to go live, bringing massive utility to the XRPL, while Quant is making large moves even during this bear market. We discuss what separates Quant from all other cryptos. Cardano, Shiba Inu, and Dogecoin are now available at over 6,000 ATMs worldwide, and we update our listeners on some key dates to look for during this Ethereum merge taking place this fall. Coinbase dominance is plummeting across the globe, and we share our opinions on the metaverse developments taking place today, shedding light on projects like Sandbox and Mana, bringing our listeners the chosen winners. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So once again, we are short staffed this morning, people, but I think we will have a special guest later in the episode, Mr. Johnny Crypto. It's only fitting we start with you, my friend. How are you feeling on this Friday? We got Billy, man. We're good. We don't need nobody else. It's going to be a great show, uh, but there's no question about it that... Um, we, yes, you can definitely say that we are running on Jackie time today. <laughs> Shout out to our girl, Jackie. Even the fans know it. But uh, yeah, first of all, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. We're happy to be here. Happy to show up and be here and, and be able to talk about the latest and greatest news in crypto. Billy, always great to see you, buddy. And Abs, as always, you're amazing. Awesome, Johnny. I'm going to kick it to Billy next. Billy, you got the Diamond Hands gear on. How you feeling this morning, my friend? Bless my God, bless. It's Friday. It's about to be a good weekend with the wife. We're going up to Fred Sims Chapel up in North Carolina to hang out for the weekend. So it's a blessing that I get to sit here and spend it with you guys. Made some money in the market today and just about to go out of the world and just be present with my wife this weekend. So, dude, I'm blessed. Amazing, Billy. You are blessed and definitely enjoy that, my friend. But we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto. Anybody who caught our live stream last night, well, that was a lot of fun, but we're going to dive into the bear market today. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is still sitting in extreme fear. We're currently at a 15, slightly below where we were yesterday. But here's what's really interesting. The total coin market cap is at $938 billion this morning. Bitcoin is at 42% dominance. Ethereum is just about 16%. We've got Bitcoin at about $21,000 and Ethereum is over 1200 So it is exciting to see some bullish price action XRP is at 33 cents, Cardano 44 cents, Dogecoin, which we are going to address later in the episode, is six cents this morning, Avalanche just under $20, Kronos 12 cents, Stellar 10 cents, Algorand is 32 cents, and we'll scroll down to Hedera Hashgraph, which is six and a half cents this morning. Johnny Crypto, one of the things I wanted to dive into during today's episode is the fact that when we look at metaverse development, Sandbox and Mana are the two currencies that all of these banks and institutions are building on. What are some of the things you're watching in the market this morning? And how do you feel about a lot of the metaverse development happening on those two platforms? Well, first of all, let me just give a shout out to our boy Salman Gee, who's out there, and, and Gonzo, who's here all the time. And actually, not even on time. Gonzo's like 10 minutes early. So uh, shout out to our boys out there. We love you guys. Uh, but yeah, you know, I've been saying this for a while, dude. I love the metaverse. Um, well, oh, let me rephrase. I know the metaverse is coming, so therefore I love certain tokens in the metaverse. Um, and right now, the two big ones that you talk about and hear about all the time that all the money's being put into is Mana and uh, Sandbox, right? So Mana and Sand. And we know that they have a, a first mover advantage head start. People are developing there. Now, that may not be the, the metaverse that wins 20 years from now, but that surely, in my opinion, will be the one that has a short-term short win over the next few years. Um, and I want to make sure we're in it. So I love those. I keep dollar cost averaging into both of them. Um, I want those in my portfolio. So Sand and Mana, there's also Gala, which is a little bit of a different play, not necessarily a metaverse per se, but it's the number one gaming uh, token, in my opinion. 
love Gala. And then there's Zil- Ziliquan, if you're always out there getting, you know, metaverse type stuff. There's lots of different ones. XRP has a good game, Equilium, Equilibrium. So there's a lot of stuff. But Mana and Sand, you know, you've got a great, there's been a great pullback right now. And to not take advantage of this, to not DCA into it, in my opinion, would have been foolish. So that's what I did, Abs. I jumped into those. Billy, one of the things we always talk about is we're watching what the big guys are doing and they're buying these two currencies and they're building on these two platforms. But to shift away from the metaverse conversation, what are you seeing in the market today? We got quant moving and we're going to address that later in the episode. But is there any projects that you're watching or feel that are worth mentioning? Right now, it's crazy. Tesla is actually dropping. Usually uh, Tesla follows the market with the SPY is doing and it's kind of detaching itself. I don't know if it's the 500 million that Bill Gates shorted on Tesla a while back or what's going on, but he's getting a shit ton of money right now. Uh, the market's doing what the market does. Usually when we have these bottoms and these significant drops, um, retail investors and other people, more more influx of money comes in. But I'm still under the mindset of I don't think we're at the bottom. Uh, there's some other things going on. If you do a 20-year chart on the SPY, um, you can see every time we've had these major pullbacks to the trend line, there's been a significant um, break of the trend line before we come back up to trend. Uh, so I'm just waiting for that break. But right now, I'm in agreement. I mean, we, we've hit some serious lows. Now is a good time to DCA in because we've said it a million times. Nobody knows the bottom. Nobody knows the top. We just got to figure out the good places and figure out where we think it's going to go to. So anytime a break of trend comes in, I try to find the next bottom layer. And that's where I start DCA in. And that's what all the whales are going to do. They see these bottoms come in. They try to analyze where it's going to go and then they pump into it. Um, and it's crazy because, you know, even with the Bitcoin, I don't like Bitcoin. It doesn't matter what I like. It matters what they're going to use. I know we were talking about it before. I can't stand Bitcoin. But if it's what's going to be used in the future, then you have to understand it, whether you like it or not. So that's that's what I'm trying to, to get to, because I absolutely just don't understand Bitcoin, don't like Bitcoin. Um, but that that's irrelevant. If that's where the store of value is going to, I need to understand how the market moves. And what I'm waiting for is for all this political climate to get done, the world to kind of settle itself down. And does Bitcoin decouple itself from the market? How does it act when we go into this new um, currency? There's a lot of things at play right now. So, yeah. Yeah, so one of the things... One of the things we're going to continue to develop our listeners on is the fact that institutions are yet to enter this market. And if we're going to get to a $1 million Bitcoin, Kathy Wood said it's only going to take 2.5% of total liquidity to get us above that seven-figure mark. But we got NFT Tones who just jumped into the live chat. I'd love to kick it to my friend this morning. NFT Tones, I see you crawled out of bed and made it to your computer. So we appreciate you. How are you feeling, my friend? And any news you want to update our listeners on? Yo, Abs, I love you, but take it easy, bro. (laughs) All right, so uh, I I haven't been feeling the best, but uh, I I had I had to come and see you all. So uh, Decentraland is doing some interesting things, and uh, I want to share with you guys a gambling in Decentraland article, and basically it's how to get started in Decentraland, what games, how to gamble, what games you can actually play, and how to get involved in the Decentraland gambling metaverse. And it's really interesting to see all this come together and how the games are actually putting real life elements and gambling into these games. And I won't be surprised if in the future we start seeing sports gambling and stuff like that start to come to these metaverses. Yes, and we're going to dive into a lot of central bank digital currency talk today, and we wouldn't be doing so if we didn't bring up Ripple. So we got some Ripple news, we got some CBDC news, and that's exactly what we're going to dive into now. If you guys are enjoying this content, show us some love and smash that like button. Let that algorithm pump this thing out to as many crypto listeners as possible. But we're going to get started with our first article today, which is some groundbreaking news revolving around Ripple and XRP. Ripple's been added to a short list for its CBDC solution in the G20 Challenge. So out of 100 teams that participated, 21 teams have been added to the shortlist, and Ripple is at the top of that list. The G20 Challenge is mainly focused on creating solutions for global central bank digital currencies going forward, and we always talk about how prominent XRP could be in that role. The G20 TechSpring CBDC Challenge has announced a short list of finalists, and Ripple has come out on top. The G20 Challenge was announced by the BIS Innovation Hub and Bank of Indonesia, and the challenge was created by the G20 Indonesian presidency. We're going to see central bank digital currencies, and this is just more reassurance of that larger movement towards centralized currencies and away from where the market is today. 
Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on Ripple and the potential that I have to create a solution for central bank digital currencies. I mean, this is what Ripple was designed for, right? So we know that they're in there. I would actually be upset if they weren't in the list, to be honest with you. I kind of look at it the contrary view. At the end of the day, they should be on the short list. It, it, it would be uh, an insult if they weren't. So I'm glad to see them there. Now, remember, the G20 does not have um, authoritarian powers to be able to say who's going to be. Uh, but they are certainly in their challenge, right? They're, bring, they're drawing attention to um, to this space in this area, and that's a good thing. So whoever wins that or, you know, a- anybody who even made that list has credibility now in this space. And I think there was only about 8 to 10 left. So big news, good news. I'm very, very happy to see Ripple on there. I would be highly disappointed if they weren't at if you guys are looking to learn more about the cryptocurrency market as a whole, the best place to do so is with our team at the 3T Warrior Academy. And the reason I'm bringing that up right now is because of the conversation I have with Coach JV this morning, talking about the interview he's going to do next week. We're going to learn some phenomenal stuff about some of the proposals that have been submitted to the Federal Reserve about a buyback involving XRP and the numbers. They get astronomical, almost so large they're impossible to believe. But I do want to get some comments from Billy Billy, we always talk about Ripple and its solution for on-demand liquidity. What role do you think it's going to play in central bank digital currencies? And how do you feel about G20 acknowledging the innovation that's taking place within the XRPL? It's, it's just another check mark in the list of what you need to do in order to be the one. I mean, it's, we just have to go through these things. And I'm with Johnny. If it wouldn't, if it, they weren't on here, then I'd have some concerns. But the fact that they're on here, it just adds more bullish news to everything that, that we already know. Um, this is this is just part of the cycle that we have to go through before, you know, everything gets laid out and in place. But you look at all the people that's in politics right now, as far as digital currency that come from Ripple. Um, I mean, it's the writings on the wall. And, and do we know which one is going to be the one? Absolutely not. That's why we, you know, hedge our bets across everything. But I'm heavily vested in XRP and I do think it's going to go. I think it's going to be the one. I mean, it's set up. How many other people can make? these kind of deals with the sec lawsuit on you i've never seen anything like that before um in my life so i I think it's huge news but it's just another step in which we got to go and here's what's exciting billy you've never seen it before and you're probably never going to see it again this is a once every 400 year shift the last time our monetary system changed into what we're existing in today, it was 400 years ago. And 400 years from now, there's a very good chance that they're going to be talking about all the innovation taking place today. I want to kick it to NFT Tones. NFT Tones, I honestly want to know your opinion. I know that you deep dive mostly on the play to earn and on the NFT section of the market, but how do you feel about what's going on here and the introduction of central bank digital currencies? We know it's going to take place next year. What are some of your thoughts, my friend? Uh, So we know it's going to come. It's just really important that the right coins end up being the right currency. And so it's hard to say. And so you kind of have to spread out your money everywhere and not just pick and choose just Ripple or just one coin or another coin. You kind of have to put your bags everywhere and don't be afraid to continue DCAing at this time because right now, while the market is down, it's a bloodbath and everybody's scared. So this is the perfect time to be looking at these coins and to get them for the cheapest possible price. So we are going to hammer our listeners with the XRP news this morning because there's just so much innovation taking place today. And we got a really funny comment from one of our listeners. It says, we can seal the wheels in Ab's brain turning this morning. Must have not had his $12 coffee. You know what's funny? I did not have my $12 coffee this morning. So you are spot on, my friend. But there's so much interesting news today. I want to stick with the Ripple CBDC news A new Ripple survey shows that 70% of financial leaders believe central bank digital currencies is the future of fiat. A new report by the blockchain company Ripple indicates that a key financial sector players are considering central bank digital currencies as the future of money. The Ripple new value report was published on July 15th and stated that over 70% of respondents from five global regions are an advocate for central bank digital currencies. There was about 1,600 respondents and 85% of the financial leaders and institutions are confident in their respective countries unveiling a CBDC in the next four years. Once again, this is not going to be optional. Once again, they're telling us how this game is going to be played. In the next four years, we're going to have global CBDCs and they're going to replace fiat. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, everybody here knows this already. No no news here. However, if you talk to 
the rest of the world, everybody not part of this show or not uh, in our chat list, they have no clue what a CBDC is. I tried to tell some friends the other day, and I'm talking about it, and like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. Cash is never going away, that kind of a thing. And, and you know, and I don't think cash will go away right away. It's going to be a very slow, drawn-out thing, unless they do something like, you know, like the C word, right, where it just instantly has a reason wipes it all out. I think we'll see a slow transition over time from cash to CBDCs. But it is the future. I'm just no question about it. It's coming. And for everybody here, we all um, have our, our have our bets placed on certain horses that we believe is going to make up the foundation of the CBDCs. Obviously, starting with the ISO coins, and so it's a good place to start. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised at all at the survey here. We, we know this is co- the, the technical folks, the people in the know, know this is coming, and uh, that's why it's exciting. It's exciting that there's going to be an opportunity for the people in the know, like us in this group here, right? Uh, the listeners, everybody, to be able to potentially put yourself in generational wealth positions. Because what's not exciting is what a CBDC actually means and it can do. And Mario talked about this yesterday, the control it's going to have. But you got to put yourself in the right position to benefit off of it because the control is going to suck. I do want to have a conversation about the buyback opportunity that everyone's talking about today. And we actually addressed it with Coach JV this morning. We are seeing astronomical numbers. There was a video going around on Twitter talking about a $50,000 buyback for each XRP. We had a conversation today about a $37,000 buyback. Do I believe that's likely? Absolutely not. Is that what I'm preparing for and betting on? Absolutely not. But if that happens, hey, I'm more than willing to sell one of my XRP for $37,000. Billy, I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on the potential buyback from the governments on XRP and maybe some of your overall thoughts on the role it might play in central bank digital currencies? So CBDCs, are, are it's going to happen regardless. There's no way they're going to let us control our own money. That's just not how the government works. They're not going to give that power back. Um, the the other thing to, to the buyback, I know we've, we've heard this a lot, and it's so it's hard for me to try to grasp. Maybe you guys can educate me. So if they're willing to buy it back at such a price and they can stop us from using it in, in any point in time, if I'm correct, why would they pay us such an absorbent amount if they could just cut it off and raise the price of what they already have? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Johnny, I feel like you would have the answer to that question. I do have an answer myself, but I'd love to rebuttal yours. Well, so there's, yeah, that's a, actually a very good question, right? If they can just stop the use of it, why buy it back? Maybe they don't want to have a situation on hand since it's a public token to, you know, that's a major lawsuit. That's, you know, it's going to be a major lawsuit. It's going to get tied up in court. They're going to have legal issues and things like that. So I, I would say that that would probably be the, the argument, Billy, of why they wouldn't want to do it because it would slow everything down. It would prevent them from using it. So it might make better sense to just buy off the, the small, but let's forget, let's not forget. We're only talking about like 0.0001% of the population that owns XRP. We're not talking a big amount of people. We might think it's a big amount of people, but it's not. It's a very tiny, small amount of people that own XRP. So you pay those few people to go away. So now you have control over the the billions of people that are out there, right? So to me, that's why you would do it. And when we did some math today at the $35,000 price, and I've also heard like a 10,000 buyback price, but at the 35,000, it puts us at about 3.5 quadrillion dollars uh, of a total pool of liquidity now what if you're gonna make xrp the true liquidity pool for the world then it has to have enough value to be able to supply whatever the the the, the derivatives market is and i think i've heard it as high as six million six trillion uh quadrillion but anyway the point being is that has to be a high enough number so it makes sense for it to provide it so that's that's the argument you know, is it going to happen? I don't know. If it does, every single person here is going to be a millionaire and a billionaire. No question about it. But Abs, yeah, I'd love to, to hear what your thoughts are on it. Yes, I want to address one of our listeners. It's John King out there. He keeps asking how many XRP I hold. I will never tell you how many XRP I hold. But what I can tell you is that over 60% of my portfolio is actually in XRP. Whether I like it or not or whether I'm comfortable admitting that or not, that's the reality. So he said, we're advocating it. Do we buy it? Of course we buy it. It's one of my favorite currencies. But I know NFT Tones has a question here. NFT Tones, the floor is yours. So I was wondering, what do you guys think about, because Vladimir Putin came out about an hour ago signing a law that banned cryptocurrency and uh, Bitcoin for payment. So what do you guys think about this and how do you guys think it could affect the future of crypto? 
I find it very interesting that they're banning digital assets within their borders because not only are they not using Swift anymore, now they're not going to be using digital assets. It seems like they're leaning heavy into BRICS going into this new banking system. I know Billy's got some information on that, so I'll kick it to him here. I'm just going to say, I mean, <clears throat> they've been trying to back the ruble by gold for a while. I know they've been hoarding gold forever, and now you have China, uh, was it Brazil, India, Iran is now coming to the deal. Uh, I think this is going to hugely affect the markets overall. Uh, if they take the U.S. dollar off of the reserve currency and they replace it with something else, it's going to be huge and it's going to affect the markets overall, not just in crypto, not just in stocks. I'm talking overall, it's going to affect it. So everything's up in the air. That's yeah, you. that's a very big deal right now. Uh, I didn't expect him not to let the digital currency come in that's a that's huge i figured they would let it come in in all actuality you'd think it'd be a benefit to them but i want to kick it to johnny k johnny what's going on here and then i'm going to give some of my thoughts <clears throat> so um yeah the russia thing i i guess i thought we were getting to that later <laughs> we actually i think we have an article on that one that yeah nft tones jumped the gun there but it's all good my friend <laughs> jumped the gun um so you know I don't, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't. I don't really care what Putin does. I don't care what it means. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. It's all a big game. It's all a big show, and he's got a role to play in the in the movie that we're watching. But I think at the end of the day, digital assets are not going away. They will be here, a certain form of them. Um, and so we feel confident in the ones that we are investing in. That yeah, exactly. It's all by design. We feel we feel comfortable investing in the ones we're investing in. And that's all that matters. I really don't care what China's doing or what Russia's doing. I believe I'm a technology guy, right? And I know how the world works. It's always looking for lower, cheaper cost solutions. And we know that a lot of these blockchain technologies will bring that. And therefore, guess what? The money is going to flow that way. Technologies are going to invest. Companies, I'm sorry, companies are going to invest in those technologies because they're going to bring them better profits in the long run. Johnny, and I want to give a shout out to one of our loyal listeners, Mr. Right here, that says Putin's gold back ruble is up 57% on the year. That is absolutely not a coincidence. I'd love to get some comments from you guys. Billy, what does that say to you? And just like everything, I feel like a currency has to be backed by gold. If you want any confidence in a currency, it has to be backed by something that's tangible that you can use. If not, we're going to be in the same position that we're in right now. It's going to mean fuck off. Uh, like, and, and here's my issue with Bitcoin. I know people like Bitcoin, but I'm supposed to accept something that some anonymous guy or woman, you know, put together for a store of value. I get all that. And I know that's how the market's leaning toward Bitcoin. But I really think the reason that they are doing so much better is because there's confidence in it. People understand it. They know they can see it. They can touch it. It just makes sense to them. I agree with Johnny 100 percent. We are going to be in a digital currency. It's coming. There's nothing that we're going to do to stop it. Um, now, how they back it and how they put it out to us is going to be very interesting. But um, we just have to be ready. And when I say this and, and I go over these things, <clears throat> this is the cool thing about this academy is it teaches you not to be scared, but get prepared. Sort of like I have gold, I have silver, I have crypto, I have water, I have food. It doesn't matter what happens. I don't give a damn what Putin does. I don't give a damn what this crazy ass dude Biden does. It doesn't matter to me. I'm ready to go however this thing rocks. It goes to shit, bro. I'm ready. I'm lined up. My head is right. My spirit is right. I'm going to weather this storm, and I know I can. If it pops off and goes to the moon, my head is right. My mind is right. I have my people, and I'm going to be filthy fucking rich. But either way it goes, I'm filthy fucking rich now because I'm in alignment with myself. Money doesn't dictate my alignment or my energy. But, yeah, I went off on a whole tangent. Don't You can't get caught up on all this. And I know the real world will kind of take us through there sometimes. Um, we just have to be prepared. It's cool that we know all this and to learn all this. Be very open and learn and be accepting of all of it. Just don't stay in it. Just get prepared is my big thing. Don't, don't let this shit scare you. Exactly. And we got 185 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button because we're about to dive into more of the most relevant topics going on right now. And as we look at the crypto market overall, one of the only projects that's moving right now during these bearish times is Quant. Quant is actually up from below $40 all the way to over $105 in a very short period of time. Johnny Crypto has been a huge advocate of Quant, not only behind the scenes, but on this show for several months. Johnny, I want to give you the floor and then I'll give some of my thoughts behind this project. Uh, you're muted, Johnny. 
Um, I guess that we are having technical difficulties. I'm going to kick it to NFT Tones here. NFT Tones, you got any thoughts on Quant? <clears throat> so, to be honest, I do not. But I've heard a lot of good things about Quant, and I feel like Quant is what, from what I've heard about it, it can it connects, it can connect all the blockchains to each other. And so allowing blockchains to talk to each other is very, really, really valuable. So I definitely think quant is something that you shouldn't sleep on because it has a ton of tremendous value. And I think it's going to be really good in the future. I agree. And I see we got Johnny Crypto back on the live stream now. Johnny, why don't you talk about some of the unique aspects of quant and why it may be moving even during this bear market? Yeah. So, you know, the reason why I love quant is I kind of look back into history and I've said this so many times on the show. So if you're an avid watcher, you're going to know this. But if you're a new watcher, you'll get this. Or you'll, maybe this will help. When the internet was adopted and came out in the early 1990s, the reason what made the internet the internet and why it really worked is because something called TCPIP, a technology in the background that nobody still probably knows about to this day, was key in making sure that all these different email systems and web browsers and, and, and different types of uh, uh, components that made up the internet, they were all speaking different languages. And TCPIP said, no, 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 this is how you're all going to speak. You're all going to speak the same language. And that's when everything melded together and then it, it exploded, right? And if that didn't ever happen, we still probably wouldn't, the internet would be garbage because I'd have an email system, you'd have an email system, and I couldn't send you an email. It'd be a freaking nightmare, right? I'd only be able to talk to people that have the same web browser that I have or email system that I have, right? There'd be no communication. So that's what is happening today in blockchains. Blockchains are all individual and they don't talk to each other very well today. But for that to explode, Quant is working on putting together an overledger that's going to allow all these things to seamlessly talk together to each other. And when that happens, again, I think the same thing will happen that happened in the internet boom for this web 3.0 boom is you're going to then have it explode. That's why I love quant. That's why I got it in my bags. And no, I ain't selling my quant. I don't have that much because it was expensive, but I ain't selling any of it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting till a lot, you know, 2025 and beyond. Cause I think that's, that could explode. Now you're spot on Johnny. And one of the things I was just laughing about is that I happened to actually make a large purchase this weekend of quant just coincidentally. And then we got this bullish price action. I've been very excited about this project for quite a while. And Hedera Hashgraph is another one that I think falls into this same category. If you're looking at our live stream right now and you are watching and absorbing this content, you are way ahead of the game of the traditional investor, even within this market, because most people, they don't understand the real value of these currencies and quant it's going to change the world of banking in due time. But we are going to dive into our next article for today, which is a Coinbase article. We've been very critical of Coinbase and many of the moves they've made throughout the market. And the test, the um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The trust in this network, it's, it's dropping rapidly. I'm getting a little bit distracted. There's a live chat going on here. If we could just hush the live chat real quick. Coinbase is rapidly losing its dominance. The San Francisco-based cryptocurrency exchange has plummeted to 14th place by trading volume globally. The Coinbase stock is down over 80% from its record peak, logging $430 million in losses in a blow to its shareholders. A former person who predicted the collapse in the early 2000s of the tech bubble has said that he's extremely bearish on Coinbase because of its declining fees and its declining revenue. I think we're only going to see more and more of this going forward. Coinbase has made tons of incorrect moves. Even as just a retail investor, I've run into some tough situations, but I want to kick it to Billy. Billy, how do you feel about Coinbase and could this be the beginning of the end for this massive exchange? I think so. I remember when Coinbase first came on the market, you had the owner sharing off his, his shares. That was a huge red flag for me because um, I was actually going to go into Coinbase. And when I seen that on the SEC thing, it kind of threw up some red flags for me. And then I just watched this thing. And I believe the last bit of news I heard about Coinbase was they were selling geolocation uh, from their, their buyers. That's effing crazy bro you're gonna snitch on me no way am i messing with you uh so that that i think that's one of the key things for me anyway seeing that as a retail person or buyer but i've had issues with coinbase since since the job i don't i don't care for coinbase i definitely don't trust them if they're selling our information out there yes and somebody put a comment in here coinbase sucks something and i completely agree but i want to kick it to johnny crypto here johnny crypto I know that you've been a critic of Coinbase, and I think it's only, you know, it's only fitting that we're seeing more and more reasons as to why you've been that way. What are some of your thoughts on that exchange? And do you trust Coinbase overall? Never liked Coinbase from a 
user perspective after I started using, well, I started first with Kraken and BitTrue and the, and the user interface was so simple and so easy to use. And then I was doing a one-on-one with a, a warrior and I was helping them out in Coinbase. I'm like, holy shit, this thing sucks. When you, when you use something good and then you use Coinbase, you're like, wow, this thing's crappy. Uphold sucks too, to be honest with you. They're just really, really, they, they their user interfaces are terrible. They limit you what you could do. They hold your coins. They have cat. It's just a nightmare. I don't know why anybody would even use it, other than the fact that they've, you know, they're the most popular ones that they were out there early. That's a fir- what we call first mover advantage, but they ain't gonna survive in the long run. Um, and for me, in terms of the the coins price of it in the stock market price, I'm not surprised at all. We all knew that. We know how the elites work. IPOs are to dump on you and us, steal the liquidity. You know, you are the liquidity source for them to get the money out of the business. They dumped on all those poor shareholders, and they're sitting there owning this thing at $357, and they're never getting their money back, not for a long, long time, in my opinion. Uh, I think the thing's sitting around $40. might even go even lower. I won't be surprised if they crash it completely. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I just, I, this is a warning to everybody. Be careful with IPOs. When they launch them, they usually go up really high because everybody thinks this thing's going to go higher, and then they wipe you out and they crash. So don't buy them. Don't get involved. Wait for them to crash. Now you may want to buy Coinbase at 40 bucks, but I, I wouldn't because I, I don't like the user experience. I only buy things that I like. It's got to be something that I think is good, has a good user interface or good experience, and I never felt that with Coinbase. NFT tones. When I look at Coinbase, it's pretty much acting like an altcoin within this market. What are some of your thoughts on Coinbase and maybe the way that it's it's performing during these terrible, you know, bearish times? I hate Coinbase. And so I feel like Coinbase needs to do a lot. It needs to get its shit together so that it can actually compete in this market. You know, you have things like you can't send after you buy the crypto, you couldn't send it for seven days. You have a bunch of other ridiculous restrictions. It is ridiculous what Coinbase does. I hate them. I will never use Coinbase ever again. I got all my funds off Coinbase and I shut down that account. I will never touch Coinbase again. They can suck off because uh, they are terrible. They got to learn. If, you, if you're going to compete in this market, you have to have your shit together and they don't have their shit together. I hope somebody from Coinbase is listening and I hope this helps them get their shit together. Because hey, it is ridiculous. You know what, Ando? I want to give you some respect there because at least you are raw and unfiltered, just like your father on this live stream. But I want to show you some love, my friend. You always bring so much positive information. What are some of the exchanges that you're using as opposed to Coinbase? Because if we can't trust Coinbase, we got to trust somebody. Who are you trusting? I trust KuCoin and Crypto.com. And you can trust BitTrue as well. That's my uh, Johnny Crypto's favorite. But um, I personally love Crypto.com and KuCoin especially because crypto.com now has a bunch of your coins, a bunch of my favorite coins that are constantly uh, being added. And you, you always know, like you can feel safe because they have a ton of security and stuff. And like they constantly, after their most recent hack, they've added things such as a day before you can withdraw uh, to a new address and stuff like that. So they're adding protective measures and they're not going crazily overboard with all the restrictions like Coinbase does. Yes, thank you, NFT Tones. And I'm just getting an article ready behind the scenes right now talking about how OpenSea is actually laying off 20% of their employees. I'd love to have a brief conversation before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this article. Ripple is one of the only companies that's continuing to expand during this bear market. And when we look at successful projects like Algorand, and let's just think of another example, maybe uh, Cardano, the development that's taking place behind the scenes is it's more prominent than ever. And I think this is another example of that. But OpenSea is laying off over 20% of their staff what do you think about the reduction in, in employees that's happening place across the board on many of these centralized exchanges? I'd love to start with Johnny Crypto. Johnny Crypto, what impact do you think this may have on the crypto market? This is, uh, <clears throat> we're talking about the uh, Coinbase? So uh, we're I, talking about how OpenSea is planning on laying off 20% of their employees, and there's plenty of financial firms in this sector doing the same thing. What does that say to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, no, sorry, I was writing in the comments there, so I apologize for that. Um, yeah, I, so... You know, an open sea, and actually, I would defer more to o- NFT tones on this one because he uses it all the time. It's uh, an NFT marketplace, but I'm not surprised that they're hot, they're laying off because right now you have to look at what happened. We had this boom in the crypto space in the past year and a half, 
and everybody was hiring to cover for that boon. And then all of a sudden, all the people went away, especially in NFTs, because there's been so much uh, scams and NFTs that that market is, is getting beaten and smacked down right now that um, nobody's buying them. And therefore, now you've hired all these people and now you've got a business that you know can't support it no more because because they make their 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 money off of uh, transactions. So, yeah, it, it makes total logical sense that there's going to be a, a pullback there. I'm not surprised whatsoever. But OpenSea is still a big player in the game, and they ain't going away. Um, it's just it's just normal. I don't I don't see no surprise here. I'd expect that. I'm actually surprised it isn't large, larger. I thought it would be like 50%. So that's kind of uh, – maybe there is a surprise, but more on the other side. Hey, maybe this journey's just getting started, but we're going to dive into this article now. OpenSea is laying off 20% of its staff, citing crypto winter as the excuse. We've seen many exchanges use the exact same excuse for why they're laying off so many employees, but their CEO took to Twitter to disclose that his company is laying off over 20% of his staff. In a long message conveyed to its employees, he blamed an unprecedented combination of crypto winter and broad macroeconomic instability for layoffs. One of the things that I think is important to remember is that they're navigating the market just like we are. And one of the important indicators that we always talk about is that the Fed printed way too much money. This market became extremely overvalued. And the fact that a lot of these exchanges couldn't recognize that, well, it's kind of a red flag to me. I want to get some thoughts from Billy on that particular topic, and then we'll read some quotes from this article. Well, it's, it's just like any other business that you're running. If volume leaves your company, you have to control your overhead. And there's only so much overhead that you could control. One of the biggest overhead controls is labor. So if you lose the volume in your business, the first cut you usually do is labor. Uh, it's just like any other kind of business, seasonal business. When volume leaves for that period of time, you have to wait to bring people back until that volume comes in. So it's, it's just the natural flow of a business. Volume leaves, labor leaves, same thing, because you can only control so much overhead. Um, and like I said, those are the one of the ones that you can control. Yes. And one of the quotes that's in this article, I think is important to read is that he says, we need to prepare for the company for all possible prolonged downturns. The changes we're making today put us in a position to maintain multiple years of runway under various crypto winter scenarios, five years at the current volume. And it gives us high confidence that we will, we will only have to go through this process one time. I don't know if I believe that, but what I do think is that at least they're taking proactive action here. I'm not super bullish on centralized exchanges, but I recognize that they're a necessary evil within this market. NFT Tones, why don't you give us some closing thoughts on OpenSea here? I mean, if you think about it with the crypto winter and how the economy is right now, I feel like this was just inevitable with how things are going. I think things can continue to go bad. I feel like they, they want to do this only once. However, if things continue like this for another year or two, I think they're going to have to continue to lay off people. So I, I think it all depends on how the market and how the crypto winter goes. Spot on. And I want to give Johnny Crypto a chance to address this one last time because we've seen massive layoffs across the board. Whether it's Gemini, Crypto.com, BlockFi, or Coinbase, they're all cutting hundreds, if not thousands of employees, and they're blaming it on the bear market. Mr. Johnny K, what does this say to you, my friend? Uh, I think I think Billy has to hop off, so maybe we get some final closing comments from Billy on this one, or, or maybe not. <laughs> y'all, the NFT kings, bro. All well right, all right. Yeah, I just I wanted to give you the final word here, yeah, since yeah. I know we got to go. But well, we love you, Billy. Thanks for being part of the show today. But uh, yeah, you know, again, at the end of the day, there's going to be layoffs in this market. We're going into a recession, so don't be surprised if this is just the first round of layoff. We may hear more and more about layoffs coming in this space. Apps. Um, and I wouldn't personally hold crypto fully responsible for that. I think it's just going to be the economy as a whole. Yes, thank you. And I want to kick it to NFT Tones here. NFT Tones, I'd love to give you the floor to just share any articles that you would like centered around NFTs or play-to-earn conversation because there's just so much news going on today. And I do have some stuff prepared in the background. We are going to break down. USDC has revealed their reserves, and we're going to get to that after NFT Tones. But NFT Tones, floor is yours, my friend. Well, Unfortunately, besides the Decentraland article, I don't have much today, but I did see something on Celsius and it was that Celsius is actually filing for bankruptcy and that they owe $4.7 billion. Uh, I find that insane. And I was wondering, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Well, I think it's just another example of that, them blaming the crypto winter and blaming these bear markets for a lot of the mistakes that they made over the past year and a half. They highly leveraged themselves and anybody who's giving you 17% on your cryptocurrency, they better be able to disclose how that's taking place because most of these things are extremely high risk. 
And that's what I think we're learning throughout this bear market right now. But I'll kick it to Johnny K. Then we'll dive into the USDC reserves. I've been saying this over and over and over and over again. And this whole crypto, crypto is no different than any other market. There's no reason why it should be paying 15, 20% payouts um, in it. Other than maybe Ethereum where there's a shit ton of gas fees. But other than that, I can't see the reason why these interest payouts were so high. So I get that for the liquidity and the validation pools, they'll pay in typically more like four or five, six percent. That's that's even high. But I can understand at least the logic of, of why that's there and the benefit of doing that. But anything higher than that, 17, 18 percent, you're a fool if you think that's sustainable um, if you haven't done your homework. So go do your homework and go find out from those exchanges or those those learning uh, earning platforms. Reach out to them, ask them, where do you make this? How do you make 17 or 17 percent? Where is it coming from? Because what happened in Celsius was a Ponzi scheme. It was more money was coming in, and they were giving money money out. Bernie, you know, Bernie Madoff did that for a long time. Lasted, I think, fourteen years. <laughs> Celsius wasn't that good as Madoff. But so you have to be very careful in this space. I don't trust a lot of these lending platforms. I have some money in Nexo. Nexo seems to be much more. Look at Nexo and Crypto.com. Their their rates are around two or three percent, and for most coins, right? That is more in normal space with the market and more believable and more sustainable. And those are the ones that I look for. I'm not trying to put my money in something that's going to get me 12, 15, 30%, because guess what? There's high risk with those. And most likely most of them are going to go under. Hey, you got to risk it to get the biscuit, Johnny, but I wouldn't apply that concept to earning platforms because it's a very, very dangerous game. And we're going to hop into our last article. It's going to be a little bit shorter of a show today because it is a Friday special and we do have our NFT specialist, but if you guys are enjoying this content, please show us some love and smash that like button. We're going to continue to show up every day and bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. And of course, this USDC article is one of them. So Circle discloses a full breakdown of its $55.7 billion of USDC reserves. 75% of Circle's reserves were held in U.S. treasuries, while about 25% were held in cash at regulated financial institutions. So Circle's 57.7, billion in reserves were compromised of $42 billion in short-term United States treasuries, while $14 billion was held in cash at a regulated financial institution within this country. USDC's reserves are held solely in cash and three months treasury reserves in segregated accounts for the benefit of USDC holders. It is entirely separate from Circle's operations, which means that your currency is basically at zero risk. Circle has said the report is the first monthly breakdown of its stablecoin reserves and that it plans to eventually provide daily disclosures of its holdings pending approval from its custodians. That line right there gets me very excited. The fact that we can have stablecoins without them disclosing their holdings, I think it creates tons of opportunity for nefarious activity, but we're going to see more and more large financial firms disclosing what gives their coins value. Johnny Crypto, you've been a critic of USDC. What does this article say to you here? Are you more confident or same old? Well, it's one of those things where it is certainly good to see that they are revealing the holdings, right? This is important, and all of and regulation is going to do that. It's going to force them all to show what's on the books, show where the money's at, and that kind of a thing. In this case, I think, what were the percentages at? Because I couldn't see the screen. It was very small. Was it 14% was in cash? Uh, 25% cash, and then 75% uh, short-term U.S. Treasury bonds. Yeah, so, so here's the thing. So... 25% cash of a fund that's supposed to be backed by cash. Now, I get people are going to make the argument that bonds are cash. Okay, but here's the only issue I have with it. 25% cash, 75% bonds. If the bonds crash, if the bond market crashes, and there's always talk about it crashing, or if the dollar, you know, that, that could really hurt this fund. I would have rather have seen 75% in cash and 25% in bonds for a fund that's supposed to be backed by cash. So to me, that's the problem I have with it still. And, and that's the and more importantly, I should say that's the risk that I see. But overall, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I don't like USDC. I do. I like it more than USDT. But the reality is they're talking about USDT failing and they're not talking about USDC failing. So it won't surprise me if USDC fails. That's all I'm saying, because they never tell you what's going to fail until it's too late. Yeah, so I want to remind our listeners that just a few months ago, Fidelity and BlackRock gave USDC $400 million. So we got tons of big names in this token. And it's one of the reasons that I have 
very, very high confidence in what USDC is doing as opposed to some of these other stablecoin projects. I do want to get some comments from NFT Tones here, and then we're going to dive into our last article. I may have jumped the gun earlier because we do have an XRP lawsuit article prepared for our listeners. Yes. NFT Tones, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, this is really exciting news considering everything that's been happening with stablecoins and everything. And this is definitely to something to pay attention for because with all these algorithmic stablecoins, it's very dangerous. It can be very dangerous to put your money in. You saw what happened to the UST and Terra. So you have to be very, very careful and know what you're putting your money into. Awesome NFT tones. And we got a huge tactical win for the effort XRP against the SEC here. And that's what we're going to close off this week with. XRP got a good tactical win against the SEC as Judge Network accuses them of hypocrisy. Anybody who knows Gary Gensler, well, he knows he's a hypocrite. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In an oral argument, the SEC emphasized that the information Henry received from the SEC staff while drafting and editing his speech would not have been available to him as a private citizen. The SEC has distanced themselves from the speech to avoid discovery and sought to preclude Hinman's deposition on the grounds that whatever he said during that speech had nothing to do with the SEC's position. Judge Netburn went on to say that the hypocrisy in arguing in court that on one hand, the speech is not relevant, while on the other hand, they're speaking for the SEC. You're getting both sides of the coin here, and we're talking about a classic example of misdirection. Johnny Crypto, why don't you expose the game? We know you're going to say rat, snake, weasel, but why don't you tell us exactly why they are that? Well, first of all, yeah, Gensler, you know, you call them a hip- hypocrite. I don't call him a hypocrite. I call him a lying rat, snake, weasel. Um, and, and if you guys all remember the Will Smith and Chris Rock smack, you know, one of this thing, remember that? Pow! That's exactly what, that's exactly what Judge Network just did to the SEC. She said, pow! He gave him a, gave a fresh one. Um, and smacked them down. And this is huge because this basically says, you know, the Hinman, they were trying to say, the SEC was trying to say, you know, what we told Hinman doesn't really count in this case. It doesn't really mean what we we feel, even though in this case they're saying it does. Uh, and Hinman went out and basically, based on the advice they gave him, went and said that Ethereum was not a security. So if they're going to come out and say it's not a security, and now we all know that XRP did exactly what X, uh, what, what uh, we did. We know Ripple did exactly what uh, Ethereum did. Then basically, th- they have no case. This case is kind of dead in the water. It's over. It's finito. Now, here's what's important about this ruling. This ruling doesn't matter. What what matters is the appeal to this ruling because you know the SEC is going to appeal it. They're going to delay, delay, delay because that's what that's all they do. Those rat snake weasels there, they just delay. That's all they've been doing. So they're going to delay this thing as long as they can. But th- they'll appeal it. It'll go to the next court uh you know level up court and if that court upholds that appeal in my opinion that's it then it's game over you're probably gonna see and i'm not an attorney i wish we had an attorney you know in the in the in the crew in the in the in the well we need to get an attorney on the show but it would be really good to know i think that's when the sec is gonna be like okay we gotta settle because at this point they don't they're gonna lose and they don't want to lose this case because it sets a really really bad precedent abs so I would think that we will see uh, end game if um, if this court decision appeal gets held up. But we're 30 days away from that because I believe by law they have 14 days to file an appeal. Now, if they don't file an appeal, they may just go right to a settlement. So that's what we're going to see. 14 days from, what was this date? The 12th, this article? Yep, so the 12th. 26th of June. So on the 26th of June, uh, July, we'll have to see what happens there. It'll be very, very interesting. Yes, and one of the important quotes from this article here is that it suggested that the SEC is adopting its litigation positions to further its desired goal, and it's not out of the faithful alliance to the law. So what I thought was interesting is that we know William Hinman and Jay Clayton were both part of the Ethereum Alliance before they entered the SEC, and they went back to the Ethereum Alliance after they exited the SEC. So it's only fair to imagine that while they were at that firm, they were promoting the Ethereum Alliance the entire time. And then they even went out of their way to attack other currencies. And that's what we're witnessing here. It's great to see that Judge Netburn is starting to understand the game that's being played and even call them out on their BS. But let's kick it to NFT Tones to hear some of his thoughts. Yeah, I think this is really, really important because if XRP really does manage to beat this case, I think that it will be a major major uh bull run for xrp even while we're in this bear market because once this news is gone once the uh case is settled i think 
we are going to see a bit of a run, even if we are in a bear market, because we're talking about XRP here. But I do find this really interesting because, I mean, if they did exactly what ETH did and they're trying to hold it as a security, it just makes no sense. So it will be really, really interesting to see what happens in the next 14 days. Somebody said load up on, on XRP and Quant. Get as much as you can before we experience this bull run. And it's not something I'm going to tell you to do, but it's something that I am definitely doing. I know Johnny Crypto's got an article prepared in the background. So Johnny, feel free to share your screen. But before we do that, I do want to have a quick discussion about the decoupling event that we know is inevitably going to take place if Ripple gets its actual use case implemented. When they start using XRP for cross-border payments, this thing is going to go to the freaking moon. But I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto here. Floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, so just to chat here. To, so I want to call a shout out to our boy John King over there. He he remembered what we did on Tuesday. We showed this uh, list and we talked about. We went around the room of who you know who's a one percenter. Everybody wants to be a one percenter, right? In the world. Well, in this case, we did a little fun game called one percenter and ripple. So who's a one? So you can see here based on this list, um, and on the left side it shows you what level or what percenter you would be, and on the right side. Uh, Depending on the number of coins you have, that's what percent category you'd be in. So, for example, if you owned 55%, I think it's 55,983 Ripple coins or more, you would actually be in the 1% crew. So we kind of went around. Um, we, we went around that and we um, and we said, okay, who's a 1%er, right, around the room? So in this case, we, and I guess nobody asked me, so I didn't tell it. So I'm going to go around the room and do the same thing. So, uh, Tolls, we'll start with you first. Are you a, what, what percenter are you based on this scale? I'm in between one and two. One or two percent. Okay, so you're you're holding a, a good amount of uh, XRP. Abs, where do I you hold, fall? I hold game? a good amount of all my coins. I rarely sell most of my coins. I always feel like it will be better to hold them for the long run than to sell them now. Yep. Yes. And, uh, Very cool. Abs Abs, where so where are you at, Abs, on this? Uh, so to be honest, Johnny, I don't even actually feel totally comfortable telling people how many XRP I have. Am I in the one percent? Definitely, I'm in the one percent. But one of the there things I go. do want to talk about is that <laughs> it's it's a different game for every individual out there. And just because somebody has fifty thousand or a hundred thousand or a quarter million XRP, it doesn't mean that because you have ten thousand, that's a small bag. I really do think it's all relative. And when we talk about what the price targets are for this specific cryptocurrency, they get astronomically high. So yes, I am a one percenter, but I don't really like to disclose my holdings. Atta boy, that's yeah, fair enough. And the same thing, I'll go on record and say I'm also uh, in that one percenter group. So it's it's good to know we're in the one percent. But the reality is, I think Abs, you're you're so true and spot on. It doesn't matter whether you're one percent or two percent or five percenter. Um, for example, if any of these um, buyouts come to fruition a ten thousand dollar buyout or a thirty five thousand buyout <laughs> it isn't gonna matter you're all gonna be millionaires and billionaires but it was just a fun thing that we just shared and we went through based on the the rich list here showing who all right tones his new goal to become a half a percenter there 100%, you go 100 tones and honestly my friend i definitely believe in you but i don't believe we have any articles prepared for today and this was another amazing episode we're going to continue to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. John and Crypto, do me a favor and get that music queued up real quick. I want to say thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto and thank you to NFT Tones. We got 170 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button and have an amazing weekend. We're going to close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Monkeys. Oh, shoot. Here we go. There's the monkeys. There we are. <laughs> Damn it up, boys. And thank you for all the listeners out there today.